What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at thepewterplank.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at the Peter Plank, at jyarko underscore bucks, and at dh82 underscore bucks. We have the second part of our uh, mega episode coming up for you in the uh, first half that was released on Tuesday, you can hear us talk about how this Jameis potential Jameis suspension can affect the team on the field. And uh, we had quite a bit of Twitter interaction. So we wanted to address all of that. And the episode just ended up being too long for us to put out at once. So without further ado, here is part two where we uh, react to your reactions. Enjoy. All right, David. We had some uh, we had some Twitter Twitter interactions and uh, some emails, some DMs, all that good fun stuff. And we're going to start off with our good buddy, Chef Aaron. Now, Chef sent us a voicemail, and and Chef, I'm I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to play it because it would take up like a third of the time that we're allowed to have. So I'm going to kind of recap. And and for the most part, David, you listened to it. I listened to it. Chef echoed a lot of the sentiments that we've had here. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we want to support the quarterback, but there's the human element involved. So, you know, obviously if word comes out that what he did, did indeed happen, you know, the support for him is going to dissolve rapidly. You know, you you want to see justice for things like this that happen. At the same time, you hope that the allegations are false. But, you know, Chef echoed some of the things that I've been saying where Jameis needs to stop hanging out with Ronald Darby. He needs to grow up. He needs to mature, maybe with the fiance and and a son on the way. You know, that's going to wake him up and and mature him a little bit. And, um, yeah, Chef did a great job of pointing out some other instances where the NFL, you know, didn't waste a whole lot of time in, in either, you know, suspending somebody or not suspending somebody based on allegations. You had the new head coach of the Detroit Lions and Matt Patricia, who had a, a sexual assault case brought up from like 20 years ago. And, it took the NFL no time at all to say, no, we didn't find anything. He's fine. Don't worry about it. You, know, you had the issues in Carolina. You have the issues with Reuben Foster. And it seemed like there were these rapid decisions. Whereas in the case of somebody like Jameis Winston or you had Ezekiel Elliott where it just drags and drags and drags and drags. You know, and, and the NFL likes to operate on its own time. You know, they have no sense of urgency, you know, what seems like the majority of the time. And uh you know, chef, he, you know, he needed to vent. He needed to lay his thoughts out there. And, you know, I think he did a great job of just kind of voicing what a lot of us are saying where, you know, we, we support Jameis to a point, you know, like I said, uh, just a minute ago, you know, if the NFL comes out and says, look, we're going to suspend Jameis Winston for six games. Um, you know, we're going to suspend Jameis Winston for a full season you know, this case is going to end up going to court, you know, this and that and the other thing, you know, because there's enough evidence to say that, you know, he probably, you know, was grabbing at this at this girl inappropriately. There's not going to be a whole lot of support in his corner, whether it's from fans, whether it's from 
the organization. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we, we all hope that what we're hearing is, is false, but you just, nobody knows, nobody knows. We're never going to know uh, unless, you know, somehow, some way there's some footage somewhere that hasn't been tracked down, which I find hard to believe, but yeah, chef, thank you very much for sending in that voicemail. It was, um, I, I liked a lot of what you said. I, I thought you put things very well. And, uh, in the future, when you want to send those in, if you can just, you know, cut them a little shorter, we can, we can get them on the air. But yeah, I think his, his call was about eight and a half minutes long. So that's, it's a little too much to play, or maybe we should just have chef on the episode and just, you know, let him, let him vent. But remember chef, we're a family, a family show. So you're going to have to watch that language. Yeah. I really liked what chef said uh, as well. I got to listen to it pretty much right after he sent it in. Um, I was, I was standing in the Charlotte airport waiting to fly home over the weekend and, you know, a, a lot of a lot of good points, a lot of valid points. I don't know as much about the other uh, circumstances that he he brought up, like Reuben Foster. I think Reuben Foster. I think his accuser dropped everything. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know, she I'm, I'm came sure. out. She came out and said that it, she lied about everything, basically. Right, and I'm sure there's conspiracy theories. I mean, they could be correct. I, you know, the world is a is a strange place, especially when you have money and celebrity. And you know, I'm sure there's people who probably just assume she got paid off. Uh, to shut her mouth and save Ruben Foster's career. And that may very well be the case, but you know, we're all adults. We all make our decisions. And if she made the decision to take the money and run, then uh, you know, so be it. Um, that's her, uh, her decision to make. And, you know, and, and I've seen a lot of people, you know, about this and it's, it's like we're on one side of the fence or the other. You're either with Jameis Winston or you're not, you're against Jameis Winston. And I don't, I don't really think it has to be like that, you know? And, and I know there's some other people who, kind of share the view that I have and, and James I think we we share is that of course we don't want it to be true we we want this all to be a figment of our imagination and of course it can never happen because he's the leader of our favorite professional team but we, we got to remember these are people just like everyone else and in every walk of life and every profession you've got people who do things uh, that are not you know legal that are not savory that are not what good people do and it's not outside the realm of possibility for James Winston or any other NFL player to be one of those people. Uh, I've already gone on the record saying it's also not out of the realm of possibility that he did make those mistakes and he could still uh, become a better person and stop making those mistakes. So that's certainly possible as well. And I don't think that we necessarily need to be either for or against James Winston. At the end of the day, you know, uh, and, and I know we, we want to kind of stick to the reactions more than anything, but um if you assault or abuse anybody, I'm on the side of you getting what you deserve for that action. And and that's the bottom line, whether you're a quarterback or you're the checkout person at the, at the grocery store that I frequent, it, it doesn't matter what your status is as far as I'm concerned, but I, I see where chef is coming from. And, you know, uh, team sports have a, a kind of a, a, an underlying tone of loyalty involved. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a thing, the quote unquote real fan, you know, you don't jump ship. You don't leave the stadium when the team is losing. You don't burn the jersey when the star player leaves if you're a real, you know, quote-unquote real fan and and all that. And that's fine. Everybody's, you know, entitled to their stance and their opinion. Uh, but I think that, you know, the, the important part is that everybody just kind of realizes that once the decision is made, the decision is made. Once the, the facts that do come out come out, that, that you know, they've come out, uh, to, uh, conspiracy theories aside, I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll have to see kind of how it all shakes down, but uh, you know, it, it's it's just kind of important to keep in 
keep a clear head and not just kind of sell all into one angle or, or another uh, before everything is available. But yeah, good response by chef again, chef, uh, you know, um, if you keep it a little bit shorter next time, then we, we would love to get your voice on the air and, uh, and, and do that for you. So thanks for sending that in anyway. And, and those of you out there listening, if you want to send one in yourself, same thing, but yeah, try to keep it. I would probably say under a minute, you know, if you could, that would help us a lot in, in making sure we get as many of you on the air as possible. Uh, but we did get some Twitter responses. You know, uh, we sent the tweet out basically saying, what does this mean for the Bucks?" And we got a couple of responses uh, that we really want to hit on uh, today and tonight. And, and the first one came from Tom Smith at Tommy Teach PE. Um, and what he wrote is, we'll miss the playoffs. The likelihood is we would have anyway, given the division, the schedule, the usual injuries to key personnel. Jameis remains polarizing and QB1. We all get super excited for 2019. So that's basically what Tom, Tommy thinks is going to come of all of this. So what do you think about that, James? I, I don't agree. <clears throat> you know, this goes back to, to what I said before about, you know, we, we, don't, we don't know what would happen. You have no idea what the caliber of team you're going to face this season. Who thought the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to make it as far as they did into the postseason? Everybody wrote them off as a, a walkover. You have no idea, Jameis or not, how this team is going to perform, how their opponents are going to perform, and who's going to make the playoffs. There's a ridiculous postseason turnover rate. You know, it's every year, what is it? It's like five teams that make the playoffs that didn't the year before, and it's happened yeah. for, you know, over a decade straight. You know, just nobody has any idea. That's why they play the game. You know, if anybody knew how it was going to end, if anybody could tell me right now, today, you know, the every team that's going to make the playoffs out of the AFC, every team that'll make the playoffs out of the NFC, and exactly who is going to win what matchup and who's going to win the Super Bowl, I would be amazed. And I would I would argue that you probably have the uh the almanac from Back to the Future 2 that Marty stole. You know, it's that's why they play the games because nobody knows what's going to happen. There's a reason we have the phrase any given Sunday. Any team could beat any other team any given Sunday. The Buccaneers would have been in the postseason two years ago, but the Cleveland Browns decided that their one win in two seasons was going to come against the Chargers, thus hurting the Buccaneers in the tiebreaker scenarios. That's that's what you that's what you're looking at. Right. Any team can win any given Sunday. So no, you don't know that they were going to start off 0 three. No, you don't know that they were going to miss the playoffs anyway. Yeah. Their quote unquote strength of schedule right now looks incredibly difficult, but that's based off of last season. You look at the roster turnover for 32 teams in the NFL. The only constant that you can really talk about is the Patriots are going to be contenders the Steelers are going to be contenders because they are every year. The Packers will be contenders unless there's some sort of catastrophic injury on one of those three teams. Other than that, everything else is wide open because you just have no idea what can happen. No, you're, you're, you're hundred percent accurate. Um, I mean, you know, I, I hope Tommy was, was really just kind of answering the question. Like, what do you, you know, what do you, 
pontificate, you know, get, get your, your Swami hat on and what do you see coming of this? You know, uh, but, the, but there are fans out there who kind of just, you know, call, call the season done. I'll see you in 2019. And, and that's not fair to the other guys uh, out there competing, because like you said, every year there's so much turnover and, and we've all talked about how, how close this team was in so many games to pulling wins uh, out of losses and, and not for nothing, but I mean, uh, uh, competition has a lot to do with it and teams rise every year and teams fall every year. And I mean, the, the Buccaneers are better than a lot of teams in the NFL. I think I, re- I really do believe that. And, and, and uh, you know, it's kind of a, like I look at the Patriots, right. And, and don't get me wrong. Tom Brady's done a lot of great things. Bill Belichick is, is definitely one of the best coaches. I think the game has ever seen, the if not coach. the best. Uh, yeah. And I think that's fair to say, but, at the same time, the Patriots are not unlike the Cleveland Cavaliers in that they play in the Eastern Conference of the NFL, right? The AFC is by far the the inferior conference in the National Football League uh, when when you compare uh, the AFC to the NFC. And the Patriots get to live in that. You know, the Patriots get to play the Dolphins twice a year. They get to play the Jets twice a year. They get to play the Bills twice a year. Uh, not for nothing. I mean, the Bills had an amazing run last year, you know, in, in Bills' world. Uh, barely making the playoffs and, and putting in a, a rookie quarterback who threw six interceptions in one half. Like, like that's the competition level that the Patriots are facing. It's not unlike, I don't know, facing the New Orleans Pelicans in the playoffs. Like, it's 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 really not, you know, the deepest waters that the Patriots are having to wade through. Um, looking at their their upcoming schedule, you know, uh, their 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 toughest games are against you know the Jaguars who who definitely rose up their defense definitely did a lot of things, but looking at that offense, is that really an offense that you're going to be too scared about, even though they made it to the AFC championship game? I mean, you, you, everybody kind of always bets on Blake Bortles to make one or two game changing mistakes, which he did in the AFC championship game. So again, is that really a threatening, uh, threatening team you're looking at? You're looking at the chiefs, right? Who again, were a playoff team. Now they're coming in with a brand new quarterback, uh, not a rookie quarterback, but a first year starting quarterback. And who knows how that's going to pan out? Is Kareem Hunt going to be a sophomore success, or is he going to be a sophomore bust? Um, you look at the Titans, and you know, no, and no. I know James is is going to say I'm a Titan hater, which I'm not, but he hates them I mean, so much. Don't again, let him you. You put the Titans in the AFC South. Where are they going to finish? They're not going to be in the playoffs. I can promise you that. Um, the Vikings, even the Vikings. You know, the Vikings did such such a great job last year and, and almost made it to the Super Bowl. Kudos to them. But, again, looking at their offense versus the Patriots defense, Patriots offense versus that defense, you know, it, it's not it's not going to be kind of the, the blowout win that, you know, a lot of people would think when you think of a team like the Patriots. And then finally you have the Steelers. Those are really their toughest games. Other than that, so I identified, what, four or five games that really could be tough based off of last year. So if you're looking at straight the schedule, those are their five tough games based off of last year. What, three of those teams have new quarterbacks this year? the most important position on the field. One of them has Blake Bortles who could come out some weeks and ball out and come out some weeks and, and look like a backup, you know? So uh, a lot of this is relative. And I think it's important to remember that because when you're looking at the NFC South, you have the same thing where you have a very competitive division, you know, there, there are no uh, not to be disrespectful to other teams, but there are no dolphins in the NFC South. Like the <laughs> Buccaneers, you put the, the bucket, if you, if you trade, the Patriots and the Buccaneers, and you put the, the the Buccaneers in the AFC East, and you put the Patriots in the NFC South. 
I promise you that the Patriots are going to have a much harder time making it to the playoffs than the Buccaneers would. It's just it's just that that level of competition. So we look at strength of schedule. It's it's not. I don't want to discount it, but it's not the only thing. And and again, you have to look at the rest of the roster. You know, it wasn't just Jameis Winston that got them within one score and those one score losses. It was the entire roster. And 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 this team can do the same thing. And if they're if they're a better roster, if they're a better team. We've got a, a really exciting group of sophomores coming into this this year who could have a very big impact on what happens to this team. So uh, I, I get the doom and gloom feeling and all that. You know, it's a you know, hashtag. It's a Bucks life. But at the same time, you know, if 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 you're on the side that's saying if you're not loyal to loyal to Jameis, you're not a quote unquote real fan. Well, I would argue that you should also be loyal to the rest of the roster and not be selling them out so quickly to say that without number three, uh, the rest of you just can't do this because this isn't the Cleveland Cavaliers. This isn't the NBA Eastern Conference. It takes more than one to get the job done. Uh, so that's that's kind of what I would say. I'm honestly a little bit surprising or surprised to hear, you know, someone say Jameis Winston remains polarizing and is the QB1. Like, I, I don't know if uh, that's as sure of a thing uh, as some some believe it's, it's going to be. I hope it is. Don't get me wrong. Like, I... I have Jameis Winston jerseys. I have a T-shirt um, with Jameis Winston's name on it. I don't. Uh, I know Miko looks down on people for that, but I don't have a problem with it. Um, you know, so believe me, I I, I want to make it clear that at the end of the day, I hope Jameis Winston still goes on to have a very successful career with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I don't want it so badly that I just want to pretend that the stuff that's happening right now isn't very serious. Um, so moving on from that. Uh, the next the next one that we wanted to touch on was Lacey Bell uh, at L Bell 7579. And, and what they wrote is it not only impacts the season, I'm looking at the future. I support my Bucks from California. I got to hear these Charger, Rams and Raider fans talk all kinds of mess. <laughs> Winston has one more year to get it together. Uh, I don't hate that take. I mean, it's something that <clears throat> that we've been saying, you know, these quarterbacks in the NFL are making ridiculous money. And for somebody that has kind of the the stigma that Winston now has surrounding him whether you're looking at mistakes he made in college or or now this this issue that he has uh that is likely leading to a suspension you um you need to see him perform better on the field and David, you and I have done it numerous times. We've we've compared him to that of of Favre, where it's that gunslinger mentality, that that attitude, that swagger, you know, however you want to put it, that is going to create incredible plays that will win you football games. But it's also that same mentality and attitude and swagger that is going to lead to costly mistakes. Jameis just has to do a little more of of the smarter decision making plays that will win games rather than the poor decision making turnovers that is going to cost the team games um you know it seems to be kind of a a running trend with our past couple episodes is you know Jameis needs to be better at making decisions whether he's on a football field or off of it um, it boils down to decision-making. There's a maturity there that needs to develop. And if it doesn't, I mean, they have that that fifth-year option, but 
you know, is he going to warrant the kind of contracts that we're seeing guys like Matthew Stafford or Kirk Cousins getting Jimmy Garoppolo, who is, you know, unproven yet the highest or the second highest paid quarterback in the league. I mean, it's, would you take Jameis Winston over Andy Dalton? I would, but Andy Dalton got a hundred million dollars. Would you take Jameis over Blake Bortles? I would. Blake Bortles is making a ridiculous amount of money. You know, it, that's what it boils down to. So, yeah, I mean, Lacey's not not wrong by any means. Jameis needs to step it up in however many games he sees this season plus that fifth-year option season. And if he doesn't, you know, the Buccaneers may opt to – they may franchise him for a year, give him one more shot. But we we may see them move on from him. It, I mean, it's it's not out of the question. The Buccaneers have had other quarterbacks in the past that have performed well and still not gotten second contracts. I mean, Doug Williams took a team to the NFC Championship and all of a sudden was out of the league because the owner didn't want to pay him. Now that there were extenuating circumstances there, but you know this is a team that had. Steve Young, and they shipped him out of town. This is a team that had, um, you know, Trent Dilfer, and, you know, Dilfer wasn't great, but, you know, still a, a top pick. Vinny Testaverde, number one pick. Yeah, and none of these guys are getting second contracts. So Jameis, Jameis has to step it up to, you know, in, in terms of winning games and keeping and putting the team in a position to win games rather than the costly turnovers, or he's not going to see the kind of money that these other quarterbacks are making from the Bucs. No, yeah, I agree with that. And I, I kind of wonder if the one more year being referred to here is this year or if it's next year, like which one more year is it that it we're would talking have to about? Be, it would have to be next year. I would think, I mean, if, if she's referring to, um, you know, the contract situation, then yeah, it would have to be next year because that that option's already been picked up. It's already happening. Um, but if she's speaking in terms of you know he's got one more year to to step up, or maybe she's gonna, you know, wash her hands of him, then you know then that could be this season. But yeah, I, well, I, I mean, would uh, venture to guess that it would be next year. Yeah, and and that's why I assume too when I read it, but. The, the fifth-year option, though, is not necessarily a done deal unless because uh, unless I'm wrong about the NFL rules, and I, and I may very well, I'm not a contract expert, but my understanding is until the first day of the 2019 league year, that contract is not guaranteed unless Winston's injured. Like it's that only is, guaranteed against injury that as is of true. right now. So depending on what happens say, the rest of the season. I want to say Jenna Lane said that they have until the – fifth day of the league year before it it kicks in officially or you know they have until the fifth day of the league year and and you know they can cut him without owing him any of the money um i could be wrong i'll have to double check on that but yeah i know it's it's after the league year begins whether it's the first day or the fifth day or the you know whatever um yeah they do have wiggle room to get out of it you are right yeah, and I'm not necessarily suggesting they do that. You know, um, something I wrote on Peter Plank uh, just just uh, recently was about how 
the the how Jameis Winston's status as a franchise quarterback for the Buccaneers is definitely in question. It was based off of what Rick Stroud said on the Rich Eisen show, uh, which is essentially the same thing. And I basically went on there and agreed with Rick that I definitely feel like Jameis Winston's status within this franchise is is in question because you know you just you just went through and compared some players, right? Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston or Blake Bortles, and you can do that with a lot of quarterbacks and. If we're talking talent to talent, I'm definitely with you. I'd rather have Andy Dalton than Jameis Winston, or I'd rather have Jameis Winston than Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston over Blake Bortle if we're talking talent for talent. But if we're talking talent and trust in your ability to lead our franchise, that's where this type of thing can kind of muddy the waters a little bit. And again, there's there's a lot we still don't know. I, I still I'm under the belief, right? that the Glazers, Coach Cutter, Jason Light, uh, probably even that locker room um, and the NFL office knows more than we know now. And once we know, quote unquote, everything we're going to know, they still know more than we don't know. So they already know more information to make a better decision than we do. And I, and I kind of, it, it's, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky area. It's a tricky area to be in because, you know, uh, Ren mentioned it. I think you've mentioned it like, what is I know Brent's mentioned it. What is Jameis going to say in response to all of this? That is where they're going to kind of draw their final opinion of this whole saga. I'm going to call it now, right? Um, does Jameis Winston come out, admit guilt, say I'm sorry for what I did, and it's not who I am, and I'm going to show you all that that's in the past. That was you know right after my rookie year. Da 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 da. Does he come out and say I accept what the league has handed down? And we're moving forward from here, kind of Bill Belichick style. That leaves a lot of things unanswered. Does he come out and say, I did not do this. However, I can't prove my innocence any more than they can prove my guilt. This is kind of the consequence I have to accept. So it's kind of a, I'm not pleading guilty, but I'm accepting the punishment because I know I can't win right now type of situation. So it's really going to kind of play off all that. And then how the Buccaneers approach this thing. You know, do do the Glazers come out and say, and during training camp, the questions are going to come up, right? Do Does Coach Cutter come out and say, Jameis Winston is our starter week four? Like, that right there tells you that that team is is fully into it. If, but if he comes out and says, listen, we're in preseason, we're in camp, that's what we're focusing on right now. When it's week one, we'll, we'll, we'll worry about week one. When it's week four, we'll worry about week four. Well, that could speak some things. That could also say some things, right? Um, none of it does definitively, <laughs> Right. And that's why we're in tricky areas here, because none of that means anything. One hundred percent. Like if Coach Cutter comes out and says, listen, we're worried about week after week. We're worried about training camp. We're worried. We're not worried about week four with Jameis Winston right now. Jameis Winston has to worry about himself and we have to worry about the team. Then I could very easily turn that into, oh, man, Dirk Cutter has lost a little bit of confidence in Jameis Winston. He's no longer rolling 100 percent with Winston, which means the door is open for. Uh, a, a coup at the quarterback position, right? I could very easily make that make that turn from what he does or does not say. Does that mean it's the truth? Not necessarily at all. Like a hundred percent, it does not mean that. Could it though? It definitely could. You know. So again, man, like th- th- this is a situation where at the end of the day, it's going to boil down to what is the punishment. It's going to boil down to what is the response, and it's going to boil down to what happens next. And honestly, the third part is the most important part. Because what already happened has happened. What's going to happen is just about done and has is, is probably already been decided to people who know what's going to happen. That's the part we don't know the most. 
We don't know what's going to happen week four and forward. Because if Jameis Winston comes out and balls out week four to week 17, then in 2019, the fifth-year option is probably active. We're probably talking extension discussions going on in one buck. And, you know, everything is hunky-dory. And this is kind of a, 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 his, a memory turning into a, a footnote into in his career, right? But if this is a three-game suspension and Jameis Winston comes out week four against Chicago, right, um, has two fumbles, an interception, loses cool on the sideline, and gets benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick in the third quarter, huh, we, we got a whole other mess on our hands, right? So that's the part that we all kind of have to sit here and, and really hold our breath and wait for. Um, but I'm with, I'm with you on the comment part of, you know, we all want to be able to talk the talk that some of these other teams are talking like the chargers are, are definitely on an upward swing. The Rams are definitely on an upward swing. The Raiders, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think the Raiders have kind, of, have kind of plateaued at this point in time. Um, I think there's still potential definitely on the roster. Like I, I really like cars and quarterbacks so on and so forth, but, uh, you know, they're they're not on the downward spiral, quote unquote. It kind of looks like the Buccaneers are on right now, but but really, I mean, that's kind of shows you the impact of the quarterback position because the team is not on a downward spiral right now. Jameis Winston is not really actually to be. I mean, to be honest with you, Jameis Winston's not on a downward spiral. He's probably sitting at home with his fiance, you know, getting ready to to bring their son into the world. So, uh, you know, he's he's this has kind of just been coming and building. Uh, and, and, and all that. So um, really this kind of feels worse on the outside than it probably really is on the inside. I don't know, but it, it's just kind of important. I think that we all kind of have to wait and see what's coming. Um, I think if Winston has a bad year this year, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say they're not going to pick up his fifth year option. They're not going to stick with the fifth year option um, because you don't get the shot at a franchise quarterback all the time. But I definitely think even if Winston, if, if Winston struggles in 18, and is still on the roster in 19. I think we see either another free agent quarterback brought in if Fitzpatrick's not around still, or uh, we see like a third round draft pick come in and kind of signal the tide of you know, hey, like it's it's getting to crunch time and and you're about to to go into the history books as another Buccaneers quarterback that didn't pan out. All right, well. David, we're we're getting ready to wrap up. Any other uh, Twitter reactions that that you want to hit on before we call it a very very long episode? No, I mean, you know, we I think we've pretty much hit every angle of this thing that we could, and and hopefully we've done it in a fair a fair way because you know you've said it multiple times. We don't want to, you know, the last thing we want to do is under under emphasize the importance of 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 what happens to victims of, of things like this, but at the same time, be fair to the player as you know, no, no legal charges have been brought were brought uh, no evidence, hard evidence anyway has been produced. So it's, it's, it's a very, it's a, it's a balancing act and trying to be kind of unbiased and fair and kind of, I don't want to say neutral in it, but being kind of neutral in it and, and having a stance of kind of waiting for everything to develop. Um, but a lot of, a lot of emotions out there, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, this is usually the the dead season as far as news is concerned, and I would rather it be dead than be talking about something like this. But I'm glad we have a platform to talk like this about this. I'm glad that we have so many people interacting. Like uh, 
my Twitter account today was was just exploding with people just going back and forth and talking. And for the most part, it was all very respectful. And even when people disagreed, it was very respectful. So I appreciate that of of all the Bucks fans that have talked. Um, I know not everybody is following that same vein, but those who are, I really appreciate the fact that we're all able to do that and, and have these interactions together in a respectful manner. Um, hopefully we can continue that. I think right now we've pretty much beat this thing to death and, and we just kind of have to wait now and see uh, what's going to come of it all. All right. Well, David, before we get out of here, for those of you who have stuck with us all the way through this episode, we have kind of a uh, kind of a big announcement. And this is likely going to be the last podcast for us for the week. You know, we're not leaving the podcast, but uh, as of Sunday, David and I will no longer be with the pewter plank. He and I will actually both be moving on to uh bucks nation the sb nation buccaneers page we're going to head over there we'll be working with gil arcia and the incredible staff that he has assembled over there and um yeah both really excited to to kick things off with him uh as of july 1st which means i'm going to have to get used to doing the intro and outro of this show differently Or there's going to be a lot of editing uh, because I won't be able to keep things straight. (laughs) Yep. So, yeah, real excited to go over there and and join Gil. And, you know, they've been doing incredible work over at Bucks Nation. And and honestly, uh, yeah, you you joined Pewter Plank a little bit before I did. And I've been with them uh, almost two and a half years now. And I... I'm incredibly proud of what we did over there from our good buddy, Alan Schechter, who brought me in, was able to uh, to keep you on board when you had one foot out the door, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, you know, from the staff that that we've assembled when you took over for Alan and just, you know, I, I loved what we did. And I thank the guys that we have at the pewter plank. You know, I, I can never thank them enough for all the hard work that they did for us. So uh, very bittersweet, but, you know, excited to uh, to start something new on this crazy, odd obsession that I have with writing about a team that drives mm-hmm. me so freaking nuts. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's been a fun, like you said, two and a half years. Uh, you know, I joined the Peter Plank from Pro Football Spot where I got to meet a lot of of really good people, you know, John Ledyard, who some of our listeners definitely know from the Locked On Draft, Locked On NFL Draft podcast, was part of that crew. Uh, Jake Arthur, who now writes for Colts.com, was part of that crew. Obviously, you, Alan, Sean Williams, who's been on this show uh, multiple times, you know. And then coming to the Peter Plank and, and you know, uh, you know, uh, to, to be completely honest, there was there was a little bit of a lack of leadership going on in, in structure at the website. And and it was a little bit of a almost I kind of almost regretted coming over and leaving pro football spot when I did. Um, but. When you and Alan, when Alan came on and then shortly after you joined him, you know, it, it definitely took a turn for the better and very proud to be part of it. And then when Alan left uh, to do what he's doing now so brilliantly, I was able to step up with you and, and kind of fill in uh, as your your backup uh, and, and and not really replace Alan, but you know, at least try to, to, to buffer that, that loss a little bit. And yeah, the riders that we've had over there, 
at the website, the, those who are still there and those who have come and gone and moved on to bigger and better things, you know, definitely echo that sentiment. We appreciate everything that they've done and thoroughly enjoyed my time at Fansided, but I'm also very excited to see what's going to can happen in the future with Bucks Nation and working with you still working with Gil and those guys over there. And, you know, just, it's just one more step in the, in the whole process of what we're doing. And, and it kind of helps me with all the other projects I've got going on as well uh, to kind of free up some of my schedule. Um, but so very excited, you know, definitely appreciative of all of you who have followed us throughout these times and hopefully you'll come to, to Bucks Nation, check out what we do there. And hopefully you still support, you know, the Peter Plank, you know, like I said, there's some good writers still over there. And, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing them continue to be successful. All right. Well, until Sunday, you can check out everything that we're doing over at thepewterplank.com. And uh, make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at the Peter Plank, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for interacting, joining in, being part of the show, uh, supporting what we did over at the Peter Plank. Hope you all have a wonderful, safe, and enjoyable day. And thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.